Blog Talk Radio. Bob, did we lose you? Since its inception in 1869, we cover 150 plus years of football history and memorabilia. And you can find us on the web at gridirongreatsmagazine.com. It is at this time. I'd like to introduce my co host. He's a senior contributing writer to Gridiron Greats Magazine, a football memorabilia historian. Specializing in pre-World War II items, in particular Red Grange, and also Seattle Seahawk items, in particular Steve Clark. Hey, hell, from Portland, Oregon, Mr. Joe Squires. Joe, welcome to the show this evening. Uh, Bob, happy to be back. Sorry, a little technical error there a little bit ago, but always good to be back on the show with you, my friend. Love talking ball with you. We're back for another show, and we're going to talk a little bit about, before our guest gets here, the massive, incredible auctions that are taking place right now. And as a slight introduction to this whole talk about auctions, um, on VFC, I think it was last week, I know Jeff Payne brought up that there are some incredible fall auctions that are taking place right now. And uh, I made the comment talking to two longtime collectors. Uh, one is a general sports memorabilia collector. The other one is a football memorabilia collector. And they both commented to me, and they said, you know, is, is, is this for real? Are these prices that we're seeing for real, number one? And number two, you know, is, is it time for, you know, for me to start selling off my, my collection? And, you know, you hear, you hear the whole stories. The family's not interested. The person doesn't have anybody to hand the collection down to. The sons yep. or daughters or grandchildren have no interest in it, so on and so forth. And I, I have always said that at some point, football cards and memorabilia would be recognized in the marketplace. And in doing so, I really think we need to give proper credit, proper pedigree, 
proper lineage of the collections that are coming to the market, especially when it comes to football. Baseball, we know who the big baseball cards and memorabilia collectors have were and always have been. Football, we're getting used to seeing some new names, some some other people, so on and so forth. And I said, you know, it's important if your if your collection is going to go to the market, it, it needs some some pedigree. This was, you know, you know, Joe Smith's collection, which was acquired, collected over a fifty-year period, so on and so forth. And I think that will help in the long run. Uh, the maintaining of values and the maintaining of, of uh, our hobby. And if anything, this fall is showing these different types of auctions taking place and is showing the strength yeah. of the hobby. And with that, I'm going to hand off to you, Joe, and let's start talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and a great way to segue into that. I mean, it, 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 it might be Thanksgiving coming up, but it was Christmas. It seemed like Christmas when I got all these catalogs and all these auctions opened up. Uh, seriously, it just stacks them. Just uh, I, I, as I've said before, I love a good auction. I love seeing product coming to the market and just picking and choosing and just seeing new prices hit. Uh, it, it's so healthy for our hobby. And and as you mentioned, just you know, incredible you know things coming up. It's it's cool. Um, got my love of the game auctions auction catalog uh, in the mail today. It's always got to be weird, just the timing of getting these out the door. Man, I don't know about you guys, but this catalog smells good. I open it up and just the, the smell of fresh ink wafting mm-hmm. over the office. Thank you, Al, who was on the show a couple couple shows ago to talk about his upcoming auction. auction. His auction is off running strong. Obviously, the coveted Gridiron Great Podcast bump to his auction. Things are going well. Catalog sitting here with uh, Jim Thorpe slumming it as a baseball player on the front cover. Uh, one of the things Al talked about, he had a, a Type One photo of playing for the, you know, for the uh, New York Giants back when they were in New York, you know, on a beautiful photo. But some incredible unopened, some incredible things coming up, and let, let's, uh, you know, take them in the uh, the order that they're closing here. REA. Just a, an incredible run of unopened wax, uh, graded wax packs, starting with 55 Bowman, 57, 60, 61, 62 Fleer, 63 Fleer, Philadelphia, 66 tops. They skipped the 65 tops, Bob. Sorry, you're missing out on a tall boy yeah, no, wax pack. I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. 67. Now look, at, look, at I mean, if look at the price of the 67 Philly pack. I think it was 1100 oh, and change. 2000 right now. Yeah. Yeah. PSA 9, though. I mean, if this same thing is in PSA 6, I mean, to me, unopened is unopened. It's like whenever there's an X out box, you know, it goes for less, and it's like it's still got 36 wax packs, and it doesn't matter if there's an X on the front. Uh, right. But right. as you mentioned, $2,000, you know, for that. That one leads the pack. Uh, 72. If you were ever putting together a run of unopened wax packs, and you wanted to take it down in one fell swoop, one fell swoop, this is it. Uh, 70, it goes all the way up. There's a case of 1983 Topps wax boxes with 20 boxes in it. Yep. Uh, one of these sold in memory lane about two months ago that I had the privilege of picking up. I'm really digging picking up unopened lately. Give me a year, I'll probably change my mind. But 84 Topps, some X-Out boxes, 86. Uh, and then uh, new to the market, some... Uh, 
from 1933, uh, Sports King, Red Grange, and Jim Thorpe in PSA 8. Just an incredible run of unopened, you know, bookended by, you know, two amazing cards, the 33 Sports King. Just absolutely love it. I just, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just now, incredible. I, my question, my question, and again, this is curiosity on my point, on my part, whose collection is it? So obviously if someone doesn't want any yeah. notoriety of their collection, they're going to remain yeah. anonymous. But again, the pedigree, pedigree of what we're seeing in this unopened is just incredible. And again, it's got to be a longtime collector and or it could be a speculator who, you know, picked up all these items and now they're saying, hey, now it's time to sell. I'm going to make some cash on it and, and that's it. You know, I don't know which way yeah. it is. I don't know which way it's going. And uh, it is what it is, and that's it. But, um, I like to think uh, that between between you and the the members on VFC that we pretty much know every single football collector out there. But we we know right. there's still plenty out there. Oh right, right. By by all means, I, I would I would you know venture to say we we are literally probably less than half of all the uh, the major collectors within the uh, within the hobby, one way or the other. But anyway, yeah. uh, I, I, I'm just blown away by, by the prices we're seeing, uh, especially yeah. for an open material and the the, the prices oh, yeah. we're seeing uh, on graded stuff at the same time. That's amazing. That 55 All-American yeah. in there, uh, that's an incredible price. I can only imagine what it's going to end up going for. Yeah, uh, the 55 All-American, uh, which or 55 Bowman, you mean? Uh, yeah, uh, no, I thought there was a 50. 55 All-American in, in that one. Um, I could be wrong. Oh, I've been looking at right, so much stuff. Yeah, no kidding. Looking. And also, I'm sitting here. I have my Love of the Games and my Huggins and Scott auction sitting at my desk. And there's a, a, a real good scent of ink. So if I misunderstood you, it might be the, you know, the ink high. I'm going to try to find it real quick right now. But keep going on uh, yeah. what else memory you in the other auction. Uh, memory lane again leads things off with uh, a 33 sports king thorpe and grange psaa just and beautiful their their grange is really nicely centered uh really well done um they have a their yeah. uncle nagurski day six it's a little oc the right border is uh you know almost non-existent but PSA six nineteen thirty five Bronco Nagurski running at close to thirty thousand right now twenty nine four eighty two with VIG wow. that'll be thirty six thousand dollars for PSA six. Uh, wow. John wow. Pano on a, on VFC mentioned the other day used to have a you know a you know how much per grade of you know of of a, of a Nagurski and so did I you know like a thousand dollars per grade up into PSA four then at hockey stick this is. You know, this is you know this is an unheard of price. I mean, a, a PSA seven, you know, three or four years ago was twenty thousand dollars. Now a PSA six is you know, you know, fifty percent of that, one hundred fifty percent of that. Uh, they have a, uh, some really nice run of chickles, including a Dutch Clark and a Ken Strong in PSA eight. A beautiful bull tosi that's a PSA seven that's really nicely centered. Another fifty five Bowman uh, pack that looks a little dirty. And then something I've really, really wanted to add to my collection, 76 tops wax box with 36 packs. Okay. I've got okay. 75, 
or excuse me, I've got 77, 78, all the way up to 88, but I'm, I'm 76 would pretty much the only other wax box I'd like to add. And, uh, mm-hmm. A lot of unopened. Um, some 79, some 76 fellow, uh, second series of 72, which is the coveted series, so that should have some fireworks there. But really nice example of some football stuff. Uh, moving on to Love of the Games, whose catalog is sitting right in front of me. As mentioned, a type one photo with Jim Thorpe slumming it as a baseball player. I just feel bad, you know, that, you know, and obviously right. Jim Thorpe came to the fences. He came back to Canton, you know, a little later as a bulldog and you know, wrapped up his career. But I feel bad that he had to slum it as a baseball player for a little while. Uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but, uh, you know, one of the first programs ever that you'll love, 1921 program between the Chicago Staley's, who later, later became the Chicago Bears, and the Green Bay Packers. This is one of the first, this is the first Bears-Packer game, the Green Bay Packers' first season, and it's against the Chicago Staley's. This program is just steeped in history. Uh, it's it's pretty cool. I don't know how it doesn't say how many pages it is, but I'm guessing it's not that many. And it's got I'm probably uh, I would probably say it, four four at the most. Four, yeah, four. I believe you're right. It's got George Hallis yeah. as a player coach. You know, lacing them up for lacing them up, and uh, and it only shows in the it only shows three pages uh, as a photo, but. You know, mm-hmm. so, I mean, it's, it's, like you said, it could be about three, but in, incredible piece. Um, right. And right. Uh, an Allen. I mean, the historical, the, the historical significance no, of ahead. those programs is, is yeah. just amazing. And, and, and to, uh, to uh, go back to what I originally said at the beginning of our, of our discussion, I'm really wondering if this is not going to be the turning point for paper memorabilia for football. And not just programs, but also all all points of um, paper. Uh, again, not programs, but everything else that that, can, that goes into that category is now the time yes. where it's going to start to really take off. That's what that's my real you know wonder of what's going on in the market. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting. What it's, it's I mean, just I just I, I absolutely love it. Um, and. Uh, uh, another auction, Mile High, just opened. Yep. Mile yep. High, usually, they opened yesterday, and I was really looking forward to this because Mile High has a propensity of just grabbing really good, you know, esoteric football stuff. There's usually just one or two things in there that you're like, where the hell did they get that? And it right, was just it right. was a very neat, it was a very, I would give this a D minus, and it should be an F. Their lead-off football item is a PSA 4, a PSA 4, 1957 tops Johnny U. They have, and wow. I have always referred to some of these auctions as eBay-esque. And I love you, Hawkinson yep. Scott, but or Mile High, excuse me, but uh, you should have handed this stuff off to, to you know, you know to, you know to probe scene or something. We have a 1983 tops football cello pack. That starting bid is fifty dollars. I mean, the, these are eBay esque things. At some point, they're tarnishing the image a mile high, but I uh, love it. And well, you uh, know, the, the, the argument, Oops, sorry, the argument could be that he, the argument he could be, you know, saying he wants to get people involved in his auctions, so he's going to offer some lower 
priced items to get them get them into the auction, and maybe at, down the down the road they'll become attracted and and can possibly afford greater items in his auctions. Sure. So maybe that's the reasoning behind it. I really don't know. I mean, again, but I do kind of sure. agree with you. You know, you don't want to if you want to make you know do something spectacular. It's not a PSA for Unitas rookie card. You know, there's plenty yeah. of those out there. I'm sure. You know? And that, that, that's above my pay grade is what they take and what dilutes. But, I mean, I remember I consigned some stuff to Leland's a couple of years ago and, you know, sent them like 10 things. And they're like, well, you know, we'll, we'll take these eight things, but the other two things are below our minimum threshold of $1,000 right. each. Yeah. Right. But, but right. We'll, po- we'll put them in our auction because you have other things. Remember, I was like, wow, I didn't know they had a $1,000 minimum. They're trying yeah. to be known yeah. as a really high-end thing. And if you if – you, Right. You know, if you start diluting it, then so be it. But, but exactly. Huggins and Scott, I just exactly. got, or yeah, Huggins and Scott, which is usually also good for one or two really cool things. I got my partial uh, uncut 1957 sheet from Huggins and Scott, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So I, I right. constantly right. expect to open their catalog up and just to see something that is like, wow. And so I'm just coming yep. through it for the first time. And I'm not seeing much in here. There's a Steve Largent card, so obviously that is the kind of attraction that you're after to your your auction. Mm-hmm. Uncut mm-hmm. sheet. Yeah, Huggins, Higgins and Scott. I have not looked at what they've had. I've only looked at Al's, and uh, I've looked at uh, Brian's and REA, and that's it. And I can't find that. I I thought I saw a '55 All American somewhere, and I have no clue where hmm. I saw it now. So it wasn't in nice. REA. I thought it was. But. I'll find it eventually. That'd be really nice. But, uh, yeah. I, and it's 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 an amazing. Uh, let's call it probably five six different auction houses coming up within a thirty day period, and with what they have. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see where all the prices go. I my I think both of our estimates for wax and unopened boxes and the like are going to be through the you know through the roof one way or the other. Absolutely. Because that material. Uh, that material obviously is so red hot right now; it's not even funny. And uh, the higher grade PSA nines and tens are going to be gold, also at the same time in the market. So yeah. it's, you know, yep. it's a healthy, it's a healthy, healthy market, and I hope it, I hope it can uh, can maintain it, and I think it will. And and again, I'm, I'm just wondering where all the stuff is coming from, and uh, you know, where you know it's obviously going to find new homes, and obviously it's going to be. Uh, Interesting to see how high prices can be maintained in those in both the short run and the long run for the market. But uh, it's about time. Football memorabilia and football cards really deserved a lot of respect, and in the past ten years mm-hmm. or so, I can I can really see uh, a, a different market than it was in the eighties and the, and the early nineties. It's, it's it's amazing to me, truly amazing. Oh yeah. Well, our special guest is here, and I'd like to introduce him and get started with our next section of our show. Our special guest currently resides in West Springfield, Massachusetts with his girlfriend and his six-year-old twin boys. He's an engineer working for Collins Aerospace and has been in the aerospace and manufacturing industry for 15 years. He's been a New York Giants fan all his life and was an avid sports card collector during his youth. He got back into collecting about 10 years ago, focusing primarily on the New York Giants Football, cards, and memorabilia. I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Eric Magnus. Eric, welcome to the show. 
Thank you, Bob. I appreciate it. How, how are you, Joe? How are you doing? Oh, thank you for asking, Eric. That's very gracious of you. Most guests don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, I want to lead off and ask you, tell our audience uh, how you started collecting football cards and memorabilia. Oh, God. We're going to go a ways back. I was probably about seven or eight <laughs> years old when I finally got my first, uh, at that time, baseball cards. Um, and I, if I'm not, if I remember correctly, it was one of those gifts that you get in your Easter basket. <laughs> so, um, between that and getting, you know, packs of cards and solo packs at the grocery store after that, it just kind of blew up from there as a child and went all the way up into my teens. Um, in my youth, I collected everything, baseball, football, basketball, um, hmm. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um. No, I apologize. I didn't mean that as a. No, I, no, I was saying, hmm, agreeing with you. Absolutely. Sorry about that. No, it's fine. Um, I stopped collecting uh, about 1994. Um, it was about the time I was about a sophomore in high school, and uh, other interests were cropping up at that time. <laughs> and then life happened, and. Uh, yeah, it was probably about 10 years ago or so, um, probably a little bit longer now, actually, about the time the uh, the Giants were actually in the playoffs. They were uh, en route to their second Super Bowl against the Patriots, and I was in the midst of going through all my old storage and consolidating stuff, and I found all of my old sports cards. And I just happened to start flipping through them, and, well, as they Close. say, the pilot light was lit. <laughs> right. You know, so, Eric, Eric, most of us follow kind of that same thing. Started collecting as a kid. At some point, discover girls stop collecting. And at some point, you know, in your mid-20s or whatever, something sparks you and you rediscover it. It's always that spark that I'm interested in. I, I, I love that. I, I You know, I, I love it, too. And, I, I, I'm glad it happened because later on in life, you know, things settled out, you know, as, you know, typically when you're older, the funds are a little more plentiful than when you were a kid and you can splurge on the things that you really want. So it worked out and it has worked out very well for my collection and myself. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love your collection. You've, you've, you've spoken about it. You posted some pictures up on the BFC you know, about your, you know, you, you very specific New York Giants football, you know, collector. Uh, t- tell our audience about a few of your, the items in your collection. Um, it's pretty eclectic. Um, the bulk of my collection is cards. So my card collection ranges from 1935 Chickle New York Giants all the way up to 2020 modern day cards. Um, my goal has been to assemble team sets of the New York Giants from 1935 all the way up through for the major card manufacturers, uh, be it Chickle, Bowman, uh, Fleer, Tops. <clears throat> but the modern-day cars are a little harder. I, uh, I don't focus too much on that. I have plenty of them, but it's the vintage cards that I primarily go for the sets on. 
Um, I have autographs, type one autographs of various players, autograph pictures from meet and greets and others that I've procured over the years, um, various periodicals from larger games uh, that the Giants have been in, Super Bowls, um, championship games, um, you know, bad ones as far as, you know, the Giants are concerned, you know, such as when the Eagles get a fumble return and bring it back for a touchdown. Um, a lot of books um, that are that revolve around the Giants, Sam Huff, Frank Gifford, Charlie Connerly. Um, I have all of these Super Bowl programs for the Giants, um, even that nasty one back in 2000 when they lost to the Ravens, but I had to have it. <laughs> Um, the other ones that I have, I have um, shell oil prints of the 1960 team, the 1981 team, uh, from 1948 to 52 exhibits, which still needs to be completed. The uh, the shell oil prints from 1981 are, it's probably one of my favorite sets because it just happens to be LT's pre-rookie in 81, and they have a print of him, so I really enjoy that set. Hmm. So, yeah, my collection is pretty well-rounded. I even have numerous footballs that are autographed by many New York Giants players over the years, primarily from the 80s, 90s, and uh, modern day. Outstanding. So, Eric, I've got to ask yeah. you two questions to interject you about what you're talking about. Do you, do you feel, and I know I've talked to several collectors about this, they really have been, when Tops stopped planning in 2015, they ended their run. They just said, that's it. We're not going to do anything. It's, it's it, you know, the thrill is gone as far as still collecting Tops, keeping it going. I'm just curious what your thoughts are with regards to that. And then when you're done with that, I wanna, I'm want i going to make a comment on the, the show posters. So plain and simple, it broke my heart. To me, that was, they were still the last true classic name, to me at least, in the business and for for collecting. Um, I, I, really, I really do miss the name and the product. Yeah. People say they were antiquated, they were behind the times, they always tried to play catch up, but for me, it was basic, it was simple, I enjoyed collecting their sets. Even the tops chrome, you know, in the more modern time with them, I enjoyed it. The more modern cards, I do collect them. I don't go out of my way to collect them. It pretty, mm-hmm. The luster, like you, faded in 2015 with me. Yeah, Bob and I have talked about this. You know, cue the, you know, old man get off my porch, you know, theme here. But, I mean, <laughs> it's, you know, we know what the Steve Largent rookie card is, but now all of a sudden you're like, well, you know, who's, you know, you know, you know, you know, who, you know, who's uh, I don't know, a modern quarterback's rookie card. Is that the tops Chrome refractor orange and tops Chrome double pull, you know, gift gifted, you know, I don't know. It's just, there's, you know, 300 to a thousand rookie cards, you know, to choose from. It's just, right. they, they really looted it. And I, you, you know, you said Tops might have fallen behind, but I, I think everybody else just kind of swung for the fences, and Tops stayed to the basics. 
and I respected that. I think many of us did. I don't need 60 different variations of one card. The hardest yeah. set for me to put together was a standard 700-card 1991 upper deck high and low set. I don't need 2,000 cards to put together a set. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I hear I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. And uh, and a lot, like I said, a lot of collectors just said uh, 2015. Was, uh, you know, for me, it basically was. The only good thing about Packers stuff is they still have the police set that they issue once a year. So I could say I can justify collecting the police set because at least it's a, a manageable set, 12 or 15 cards in it or 20 cards. And you got all the players from the team pretty much, you know, the starters, and that's it. You know, it's fine. The other comment yep. I want to make on the on the shell posters, uh, 1981, if you did go to a shell station in the tri-state area, and in Mass, uh, I'm sorry, in the tri-state area, you did get either a um, giant poster or a Jets poster uh, for Phillips <laughs> or whatever the, the the deal was. And I can still remember uh, the local shell station in North Brantford, Connecticut, where I grew up in. Uh, he had a bunch of them, and um, I remember bugging him, you know, if I could buy them or whatever. And he always said, "Well, I got to hand them out. I got to hand them out." So he said. You know, come at the end of the week. If I got any extras, I'll give you a few extras on that set. So I bugged him for it. But it was funny. He only had the Jets ones. He never got any of the Giant ones. Fast forward to probably the early 90s. I'm at a show. A guy literally had a box of them. And he had the Jets in them and he had the Giants in them. And then he said, you know, he, he wanted to blow them out. So whatever I paid for it, I paid for it type of thing. And um, there was probably a couple hundred of them. In the, but it was amazing to see the correlation. I ended up with like 50 of one player and then only 10 of the other player type of thing. So it was, it was mm. very interesting. But that's a nice set to, to collect. It's very, uh, very uh, frameable and it's very nice to look at and view, to say the least. It so. is. I, I, I enjoy that set. I uh, The 1960 set is just as nice and some big names in that right. set as yep. well. Yeah, the, the Shell Rieger set, it was, it was uh, beautifully drawn and all classic vintage players on it at the same time. That's a great yep. set also. So that's great. Uh, continuing with your collection, could you describe to our audience what are the five top items in your collection and uh, try to describe them the best you can? Sure. Um, probably uh, the first one would be my 1995 New York Giants um, autograph football. There's roughly 40 autographs on it. Uh, it has Dan Reeves when he was the head coach on it, Steve DeBerg when he was the quarterback coach for the Giants, um, third year Michael Strahan, Hall of Famer on it. And, Man. yeah, and to top it all off, it has a very rare general manager, George Young, autograph on it. So I've actually tried to find George Young autographs and they are hard to come by, and, you know, they command a pretty good price. Um, I happened to get the ball for 19 bucks. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. I, I couldn't complain. <laughs> so I got some Hall of Famers on that ball, and that one is displayed very well in the house. <laughs> That's cool. Yep. Um, another, my next one would probably be um, probably my 1930 Type 1 
autographed portrait of Mel Hine. That that's a very very nice clean picture. Um, whoever wow. had it before me preserved it. There no waves, no wrinkles. The the corners are as sharp as can be. It has a gorgeous autograph on the back of it. He signed it Mel Hine, Washington State, and I'm. I'm assuming it was just before he was drafted by the Giants in the same year. I actually picked that wow. up from an auction a couple of years ago, and uh, that's displayed as well, <laughs> very prominently. <laughs> um, I know it's not a big deal, but to me it was because I wanted to try and find a very good example, but it was my 1948 Bowman Charlie Connerly rookie card. And I found wow. a very, okay. I found a very nice example of that um, back in September. Actually, it's it's been an ongoing process. I had that whole set put together for a very long time, and that was the last card that I needed in a, in the condition that I wanted, and for the amount that I wanted to pay for it. And I finally scored one this past September. So now Love I can that say one. that the 48, yeah, I do too. And I can say that the 48 Bowman New York Giants set is finally complete. That's cool. The uh, next one, newer endeavor of mine is um, factory sets. And I'm very proud of my 1969 top set. It's I went for a set that was in excellent or better condition, and that's what this set is. I, it is almost done. There are five cards left on it, but I, I am very proud of that set. The only five that are left on it are Brian Pilico, uh, Piccolo, uh, Gail Sayers, Dick Buckus, Larry Zonka, and one of the checklists. Who would have thought huh. checklists would become so expensive and scarce? Yeah. They're tough. And last but not least is definitely my 82 tops. LT rookie card that I had personally autographed. Okay. You're up. Cool. I uh, always wanted to meet that man. I watched that whole man's career. Loved watching him. And I finally got to uh, meet him and have him sign that card. Okay. That's pretty cool. That is cool. That was really cool. Our next question is, uh, you know, you, you've got to have some hobby stories. And I'm going to, you know, between, between, you know, that and how you found that, uh, you know, that, you know, that, uh, you know, that autographed, you know, team photo, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear the story. I mean, LT is, you know, always top three of the greatest NFL players ever. I think he was, was he number one or number two in the, in the you know, 100 you know, top one hundred was 100. number three. Is number three? Yep. Okay. Number three. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. What, what do you got? So, I, well, I guess I'll just stick with that card. Um, it was actually back in 2019. Um, I was planning on going to the Greater Boston uh, Sports Collector Show out in Wilmington, Mass, and um, I would check periodically to see who was coming as you know, guests for autographs and whatnot. So it's kind of funny. It actually turned out being a bigger show. I saw Mark Bavaro was coming, and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to 
go see Mark Bavaro and whatnot. And Joe Montana was actually going to be at that show as well, and he was. So I made plans to see Mark Bavaro and just kept on checking periodically to see if anything changed. And it was probably about four, four or five weeks before the show was scheduled to be on, and LT's name popped up. Yeah, I, my heart started racing, and I I think I screamed at my laptop, but <clears throat> I made uh, plans to go on a different day to make sure I was there. I immediately went on and bought the ticket to get the autograph. Then I went into my collection and picked out the best unslabbed 82 rookie card I could find. Mm. And then I proceeded to go to the show and... You know, they called everyone up to the line. I was shaking. I'm not going to lie. I was like an eight-year-old little boy. I'm ashamed to admit it, but, yeah, I was shaking in line. My heart was pounding. You know, I'm finally going to meet my favorite player from my favorite team from my childhood, and I'm 41 years old standing in line shaking. So I finally get up there, and... I say, hello, Mr. Taylor, it's a pleasure to meet you, or actually to finally meet you. Um, You were my favorite player growing up, such and such, and uh, I've always wanted to meet you. He said something along the lines of, it's a pleasure to meet you, and, you know, he was happy that I finally got to meet him. He signed my card, and he shook my hand. I walked away with probably a giant grin on my face, and I actually had to go sit down because my heart was beating so fast. And I just looked at the card. I was just in shock. You know, over 30 years had passed, and I had finally gotten to meet LT, and he signed my rookie card of him, and I was just in awe. So after that, I went to another booth and had it submitted to get it slabbed and preserved, and that's where it sits in display right now. The same uh, th- that's the same show you went at it slabbed. Yep. Yep. I, <laughs> Did they I ask took, the provenance took, of it? What's that? Did they ask the provenance of it? Did they ever question it? Or I mean, did you have a picture? Do I have a picture of it? Oh, the, the, uh, when when you go to get it slabbed, did they ask the provenance? Like, hey, how do we know this is legit? <laughs> did you have a picture taken no, while you're giving signs? They were actually giving discounts uh, if you got autographs at the show so it worked out well so they knew pretty much where it came from <laughs> so yeah, i had I'm that done and i had had i had it submitted and uh i actually just i, I still remember shaking that man's hand yeah he and i are roughly the same size on paper but now i can see how he could easily manhandle offensive linemen because that man's hands felt like i was shaking a catcher's mitt I've I've heard that before His hands are huge And um, I I can only imagine Shaking his hand That's been incredible It was was just an experience You know, not not much to Many people, but to me That's all I ever wanted to do as a child And I finally got to do it later on in life That's That's great What else you got? Any other good stories? I mean, that that one that one I love. When you get to meet your, the hero, your childhood hero, that's cool. So that football, I actually uh, I was on eBay, 
just perusing around for a giant's autographs, and it just came up in the search. It was it had a starting bid of fifteen something, and there were no bids on it. No one was watching it, so I put it in my watch bin. It was probably five or six days left, and I just kept on looking, just kept on looking, and I did a bunch of research while it was in my car. I looked up every player's name, number. I I looked up examples of all the different, um, how they were signed. I, I actually found out that Michael Strahan's autograph has evolved over the past 25 years. So he it's got his original style autograph on the ball. Um, I was looking, you know, trying to find, you know, number 31. It just happens to be it was Jason Seahorns. You know, I'm looking for Tommy Maddox is actually on the ball as well. So I did a bunch of research to just confirm all of these autographs before I, you know, spent the $15. Oh, my God, what a huge amount of money. So I put a bid in, and I just happened to win the ball. And I got it shipped. It's all in different Sharpies. I, I spoke to the person that was selling it, and it was throughout the course of the 1995 season. He had season tickets, and he would take the ball with him to the various games, and he would have it signed here, there, or at different functions. The ball came out of New Jersey, and he actually had a couple pictures of him with the players and the ball in his hand. And I was like, okay, this seems pretty legit. And sure enough, um, I actually took it to JSA to have it authenticated, and it came back positive for everything. Wow. So I can't complain. The biggest thing was the George Young autograph. I was more ecstatic about that, even over the Michael Strahan autograph. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow. that's pretty cool wow. I, always, I always like that sometimes it's better be lucky than good it's it's where you have to be looking uh you know it's yeah you got to be diligent about your searches uh, yes, I, you do. I search for uncut sheets every week and one time i forgot to look and the sheet that i was looking for went that one week i just remember like all right gotta get better about this <laughs> uh, that's great Eric, you're collecting vintage football sets now. Tell us a little bit about that. I actually just wanted to uh, venture into something a little different, Um, kind of break away from the Giants. I remember as a kid that I liked putting the sets together and comparing all the different players and the stats. Um, I liked looking for the rookie cards as a kid and seeing the all-pro logos on the cards and, you know, at that time, in the, in the 80s, you know, insert cards at that time were 1,000-yard club cards. So I, I just mm-hmm. I enjoyed the simplicity of it. So I started off and said, I'm going to do two sets. And I started off with 1982, of course, being the rookie year of Lawrence Taylor, and 1978, which sounds cheesy, but it's my birth year. So I just went for those two. You know, it's progressed intensely so now i'm going from 1977 to 83 and 1987 to 91 with a couple 93s mixed in there 
and also ventured into 1969 and 1959. And uh, the 1969 set, like I like I mentioned earlier, I'm very proud of that set with only five cards left. But more amazingly, I only have five cards left of the 1959 set as well. I didn't realize how fast I put that te- that set together. <laughs> Now, did you, did you, when you were collecting the 59 set, um, did you get a good mix of both series, or did you see that there were more than more of the first series out than the second, or vice versa, or you really didn't notice? I'm just curious about that. So, it's, it seems funny. It seems like I put the second half of that set together faster, sure. but then I look at, right. then okay. I look at the 69 set. And the first set went together faster. Okay. All right. Because I was going to comment, over the years and all the years I've been collecting, I have seen more high series 59s literally for 35 years now compared to the, the lower series, series one. And when I put that set together way back when, back in the 80s, I had the second series completely done, and I was searching forever for the first series. And it was probably not until like 88 or 89 I finally finished that set. And uh, they were the first series, for whatever reason, were very, very difficult to find. I was just curious about that because a lot of people say the same thing. They, they finished the second series before they did the first series, which is yeah. pretty interesting. Yep. And even still, of the five that I need, three of the, three of the five are low series. First, yeah, okay. I figured that. And then for the 69 set, three of the five are high series that I need. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I I just thought it was uh, something different, and I enjoyed it, you know, seeing all the different cards and uh, comparing all the different players and all the different Hall of Famers. It kind of helps having some of the big names already in your boxes. Being a Giants fan, yeah, fifty nine was you know wasn't too bad when you already got a fifty nine Huff rookie card sitting around. You seem to have such a good blend of vintage, you know, and modern. I mean, you 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 talk about it pretty seamlessly. I mean, like who is who who is your like I mean like who are your 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 top three favorite players and. I mean, like, do you go all the way back, like, at Hat Moran, you know, Ken Strong, and, you know, or and LT's got to make that list. I mean, yeah, who are your, who are your top players? LT's on that know. list. Sam Huff is on that list. And just for what he was able to do later on in life and, and you know, being a war vet and whatnot, is Charlie Connerly. Hmm, Yeah. You know, he was a war vet. He missed out on a few years. Um, you know, he came into the league, and, you know, at first he he didn't have the best of teams around him, and he made things work. Um, just, you know, then they started piecing things together in 52 with Gifford, and Robustelli came in later on, Sam Huff, and that team really started taking off in the late late 50s. But yeah, it was it's definitely LT in there. Sam Huff and Connerly. Um modern day. I I'm not gonna lie, I'm a Strahan fan. I'm an Eli fan, you know. Yeah, I, I'm big on the players that 
less talky, more worky, you know. And, yeah. You know, yeah. that was the yeah. one thing that kind of, you know, it didn't really deter me, but, you know, LT was in the news, and we all know that. And But there was no denying what that man could do on the field. Oh, yeah. So, all right, well, what's on your want list right now? What are you, what are you searching for? You know, we were talking about auction houses before. What do you hope to see at an auction house? What do you scour eBay for? Well, right now, I am still looking for a 1935 Chickle Dale Burnett and John Del Iola mm-hmm. card. Those Ooh. two are those two are evading me. And uh, you looking for them in a particular grade, or no, no, I'm actually I, I'd be happy with lower grades, but even the lower grades are they're going for a pretty penny. So it's just one of those things where I just got to catch that at the uh, the right time. Uh, I actually have one in my cart right now, and I'm hoping, you know, the sale goes through to finally complete my 51 Bowman set is Tom Landry's rookie card. Okay. So that one there, uh, the two Chickles, Hmm. and uh, various cards for the factory sets that I'm still looking for. But uh, those two are on the top of my list. And one thing that I've always wanted, but can't seem to find is a white you know, night, nighttime ball from a Giants game. Hmm, those are tough. From the 50s. Those, they are tough. Those are really tough. Except I really actually tough. just found I, one. I actually just found one yesterday. Love of the Game has one. Yep, Love of the okay. Game has one. 1959 oh. New York Giants team signed football. Outstanding. Look at that. The gridiron yep. bump coming through again, Bob. So I just Got don't it. know. I don't know how far I'm willing to pay for it, but it's there. <laughs> there you go. Well, we can. Interesting. Uh, off the uh, off the show, we the three of us can discuss it. We'll give you some pointers. Uh, but to me, white game balls are brutal, brutal. Over the years, I've seen very few, and I've had people, me, if I knew anybody, blah, 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 for specific teams, so on and so forth. But they're very tough. Yeah, so, I appreciate that. Cool. They would be great. The um, Getting back to what you're saying about the 35 shickles, and Joe and I talked really briefly before um, when we were talking about prices. I I really am astounded at the prices of 35 chickles right now. I'm I'm literally shocked at what I'm seeing. Uh, you going from, you know, 20 actually 25 years ago, where you could still pick up commons in lesser grade, very very reasonably priced. I can see 35 chickles in any grade starting to go for a hundred dollars plus, even if they're in fair to poor condition. And the high number is probably, you know, five, six hundred. That's my honest opinion where they're going to be going. There's such a demand for them right now. It's amazing to me. So, uh, I don't know. That's just me. That's my opinion on it. But I can, I just see the, the price is going crazy on, the, on, on, no, on that stuff. You're not wrong. So, I, I actually, I, I have one up and I'm looking at it. it two years ago, it probably would, would have been half of what I'm looking at for a price right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can still, oh. you know, I I can date myself, but I I distinctly remember the first 
35 Chico card I ever bought was at a show in Connecticut. And it has to have been 1987, 1986. And I paid a whopping $20 for a Ken card because he was a giant at the time. And I, I was floored that I pulled the $20 bill out of my wallet, but I always wanted a 35 chickle. And I started and stopped that set numerous times, as everyone knows, and I sold everything off over the years. I am just shocked at where the prices have gone on that. That's amazing. Truly amazing. That was, that was my first chickle. Ken Strong. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm just glad yeah, I have I him now before the prices went up. <laughs> Yeah, great one. Yeah, I I I, I got to ask a Giants, a true Giants fan, what are your thoughts of Eli Manning? Because uh, if you think about what you know, Eli winning two Super Bowls during his time, and it wasn't just any two Super Bowls. You know, when you think about the greatest quarterback to ever lace him up, it's Tom Brady. I, I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, Tom Brady's two Super Bowl losses came from Eli Manning in 2008, 2012. I mean, so Eli could be, you know, the dragon slayer, basically. Uh, he's the only guy to ever beat, you know, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Twice. Uh, what, what, twice. What's his <laughs> legacy come, come down to? What, how, how, do, how do Giants fans think of him? So, most Giants fans will tell you right now that he is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I am biased. I hope that's true. You know, it's unfortunate that, you know, he put up the numbers. He owns every record for the Giants. There's no denying the two Super Bowl wins and the MVPs. It's it's the record that kills Eli. You know, you know the lack of offensive line, the lack of weapons, and say whatever you want, but he had, he basically, he, he broke 500 with his record. So... That's what they say is going to be the killer of him. As far as I'm concerned, he's got every other accolade. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Listen, Joe Namath went into the Hall of Fame with a with a 500 record, I think. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But that's I, true. You know, he, true. he kept quiet. He did his job. Um, he, you know, he he did what he had to do. He proved that he could be a quarterback in clutch moments. So. I, I, I miss Eli today. <laughs> I think a lot of people do. To say yeah, the least. no kidding. A lot of people do. Okay. Okay. Eric, like we're, wind- we're, wind- we're winding down time here. Um, last question for you. Any advice for a beginning collector in our hobby? Oh, um, well, one for me that I realized is I know when I was younger, I wanted everything. You want all the cards, you want all the packs, you want everything. I found that as I've gotten older, it pays off to be more focused. Be focused on what you want to collect. You'll save time, you'll save money. In the same regard, what's that? But in the same regard, you know, Collect what you love. It doesn't matter what it is. Cards, periodicals, or everything for a team. It doesn't matter what it is. Just collect what you love and pursue it. But try and be organized and focused in your pursuits. That's great advice. I like it. I like great it. Great advice. Great advice. Eric, thank you for being on the show tonight. you got a great collection. And um, I, I know you're going to be completing those sets. 
and you'll find those trickles at a reasonable price at the same time. I'm sure of that. So thanks for being on, and we'll be in touch. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on tonight. You're welcome. Thank you. Joe, we're going to go into our two-minute warning. We're down to roughly two minutes here. Going to hand off to you. What you pick up about tonight's show? Good guest. I like Eric. Before the show, we were all talking, and as usual, I was making fun of his accent, and he described it as uh, between New York and Boston, and and he said, I don't have an accent. I live between New York and Boston. Well, the more I talk to him, the more I'm like, you know what? It's a slight twang, but it's not that much of an accent. He's right. So tip of the hat to the guy who's hey, I was, two, I was, two cities with big accents. I was between New York and Boston, too. I never had an accent. I, had a, I always said I had a Connecticut <laughs> accent, which was people that spoke normal for Corinna. I, I just got to watch you. Have a get a, <laughs> I don't want to get a southern accent down here. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah, no kidding. This man, you have a very man, oh, man. I remember the first first time we were talking about you're like, Portland, Oregon. And then we talked about the, the Mayos, and I think you pronounced them Mayos or something Mayo. like that. I'm like, Mayos. I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> Mayos. Brenda went over yelling when I, when I said that. She said, you know, you're, you're mispronouncing it. She said there's hundreds of thousands of people listening, and, and you're, you know, you're butchering the English language. And I said, okay, I'll change. So I call them Mayos I love now. I love hey, Brenda's optimism. <laughs> If you're not a subscriber to Gridiron Greats Magazine, what are you waiting for? Check out our website, gridirongreatsmagazine.com. And I also point out our next issue is going to be the 75th issue of Gridiron Greats Magazine. A lot of special things coming up in, in that particular uh, issue. I agree with you. It's, it's great talking to a fellow collector who has a passion about a team, a passion about their collection. Uh, it's always great to enjoy. Great advice for a beginning collector at the same time. And, uh, I, you know, i got to say this. I, I've had a lot of time to reflect here since I've had so much downtime waiting for this house to be finished, which is still not good. We're still not going to begin until January now. But in any event, I've been thinking about a lot of things, and, and I, I just can't believe the ride I've been on for years, talking to people about their collections, viewing viewing collections the way I've seen over the years, writing about this hobby for over well over 33 years now. It's, a, it's just been incredible. It's really been incredible. And I'm really glad football cards and football memorabilia are getting the respect that they're getting. Final thoughts, Joe, 20 seconds. Uh, happy to be on the show. Thanks, thanks as always, for organizing, Bob. You're quite welcome. We'll be back. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. We're recording this a couple days before Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll hope we'll be back next week with more shows. Take care.